hopefully this is something that's going to happen around the country it started in massachusetts a father came home to a sparkling clean house he said he knew something was wrong when he and his son returned to their home the five-year-old noticed the back door was ajar he was worried someone was still inside but instead an intruder who left the smell of cleaning supplies still in the air and cleaned every room uh, except the kitchen uh, immaculately clean if this person would like to break into my home uh call me 888-900-3393 or you can uh, direct message me on twitter at jeffy jfr you can even uh message me on facebook jeff fisher radio and let me know when you're going to be in the neighborhood and i'll leave the doors unlocked for you just come on in and clean away and is now in prison is complaining he's complaining that earlier this month he'd been forced to shove toilet paper in his ears to mask the din of prison and had nothing but an indoor exercise bike to maintain his physique you know him as el chapo he goes by joaquin achivaldo guzman loera uh is complaining and he wants uh, some outdoor activity uh, created for him in prison the judge said uh hey el chapo or probably called him by his real name the judge jo- said hey joaquin achivaldo guzman loera um i think you're just whining about it and uh you're probably just trying to use this as an elaborate ruse to escape this prison so uh <laughs> so uh tough live with what you've got uh okay i thought we were supposed to be uh you know caring caring people over prisoners yeah but we don't care about joaquin achivaldo guzman no <laughs> now he's only he's only successfully planned and executed uh escapes from two high security penal, penal institutions so i mean that's it you think uh you think he'd do it a third time Yes. I think so, too. <laughs> really, I, I had to shove toilet paper. I need earplugs. And, uh, well, I, I feel like we can afford earplugs. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, you might be able to dig a, dig through a, dig a tunnel with earplugs or something. Earplugs are pretty tough, aren't they? No. <laughs> are they like foam? Well, those type, but those aren't good enough for... Joaquin Achivaldo Guzman. Yeah, they're not good enough for El Chapo. Uh, you gotta have, you know, you gotta have professionally made earplugs, so like that, the ones that you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it can, you know, mask the din of prison. I don't know if uh, our man uh, Joaquin Achivaldo Guzman Loera uh, realizes, but part of being in prison is uh, hearing the din of prison. That's Ouch. part of the deal. Thank you. And on top of which, like I, I know I've seen uh, pictures of. Joaquin Achivaldo Guzman Loera. 
And, uh, you know, I know that we found him in a hotel room with one of his hookers. I mean, it might have been his wife, but, you know, whatever, one of his hookers. And, we all know he married a hooker. And uh, he's got like four or five wives, right? They all know where they He hid money in different houses with each wife. With each wife. What else are you supposed to do with your money, Jeffy, and Thank your wives? You. Thank you. But uh, I never thought of uh, El Chapo, I'm sorry. Joaquin Achivalu Guzman Loera. As a physique to maintain, and this, he doesn't look like he doesn't look like the type of guy that maintains his physique. Are you sure? I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but no, because his nickname El Chapo means shorty. <laughs> so to get over that, uh, I guess maybe he cares about his physique. Yeah, he's yeah. five six, two hundred and one pounds. He needs to keep that up. I mean, I don't want to mess with the man, and I I tend to agree with the judge. Right, um, and he's sixty-two. How much weight can you gain at sixty-two? Oh, a lot. Really? Oh, yeah. Your first sixty-two. How many? Weight, how many pounds did you gain? Because <laughs> you're by the third sixty-two right yes, now, right? That's correct. Okay. And uh, yeah, the first sixty-two man goes by so fast, and you realize, holy cow, I'm sixty-five, and I've gained another hundred pounds. So at sixty-two, were you two hundred and one pounds or more? I was more than two hundred and one pounds. In fact, I was almost born more than two hundred and one pounds. Oh, so by the age of three, you're already at 200? 200 pounds is like, pfft, nothing. Please. Uh, if I were to, if I were, if I at any point in my life right now weighed in at 201 pounds, you would say, is he sick? Yeah, is, I can see that. Is he sick? Is he? Does he have some sort of disease? And last week That's I told fact. you that when you were filling in for Glenn, I told you that you look like you lost some weight because that TV was in your favor. Good. Well, I have. I mean, I've lost about 25, almost 30 pounds. And, you know, it's coming in good. But that's still, uh, I got news for you. It ain't close to 201 pounds. <laughs> that just is not happening. In Florida, a new bill uh, aimed at uh, the production and sale of childlike sex dolls has been signed into law. It takes effect October 1st. It makes it illegal to possess, give away, sell, or displaying a childlike sex doll. Guilty, 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 guilty! Boy, you aren't kidding. This is a strange one for me uh, because you want to say, yeah, yeah, good, good. Uh, you know, you, you want to say you don't want this. But when you start talking about Careful. It's a fine line, baby. Careful. Let me say good for the governor of Florida. <laughs> good for the governor of Florida. That's good. Good for the governor of Florida. Yeah. Good for the governor of Florida. <laughs> Speaking of states that, uh, you know, you look at and go, wow, that's weird. Not that Florida is that, but uh, California is. And uh, I don't know if we talked about this last week or not, but Beverly Hills banned the sale of tobacco products. 
Uh, amazing coming from where the birth of hollywood i mean that's it man beverly hills california people are living in beverly hills smoking in movies smoking in shows and they are banning uh tobacco products within the city limits hey, not 100 percent though uh look we don't want people out in the streets smoking those nasty cigarettes but we've got high-end cigar lounges where yeah, some of our big stars hang out and we've got to, it's legal there we're not gonna we're not gonna shut them down oh one more quick one um yeah they're not gonna close these places down uh you know schwarzenegger all the other hoity toits that smoke cigars, and I'm sure that the other hoity toits that smoke cigarettes will be smoking in the cigar bars their cigarettes. Uh, we can't shut these places down. Uh, sorry. Look, the band's gonna, I mean, at gas stations, those are low lives. Uh, convenience stores, convenience to pharmacies and grocery stores, you know, where the workers go for us to do stuff, filling up our cars and, you know, picking up our, our little convenience store items and picking up our our prescriptions and going to the grocery store for our food we don't want those people smoking in public but while they're doing that for us we're going to be into the we're going to be at the cigar bar doing what we do best keep doing this bit i'm going to want to start smoking again congratulations to uh, mackenzie bezos too uh she is uh she is wonderful and she's done a wonderful thing uh now that she's worth about 35 billion uh she and i love the stories now are uh mackenzie bezos the author shut up author yeah she's she's authored a couple of best-selling books but since when she did that i don't know she you know threw them up on amazon and people went oh that's just wife we're gonna buy those <laughs> or i mean he- i don't want to throw i don't want to say that she's not worthy of of being an author in fact, we ought to look up and see what book she's written because I, I don't remember. All right, Mackenzie Phillips. Off. Here, here's another theory. I don't know. The husband owned Amazon. Can he fudge those numbers? Be like, oh, honey, you made the list, baby. You made the list. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Look at that. Oh, you congratulations, made the list. baby. Oh. Congratulations. Okay, so she's books by Mackenzie Bezos. Traps and Ooh. the testing of Luther Albright. She was close. She should, she should put Tramp, and that would have been you know about her. I mean, are you kidding me? These two books, and they're calling them best-selling authors. Okay, well let's look at Traps. What's Traps? Traps. You can get it for four sixty-nine though. Ooh, now, hard, it's on the discount. You can get a hardcover four sixty-nine condition like new. So you can't even buy it from the printer. Uh, reclusive movie star Jessica Lessing is finally coming out of hiding to confront her father, a con man who's been selling her out of out to the paparazzi for years on her four-day road trip to las vegas she encounters three unexpected allies vivian a teenager with newborn twins lynn a dog shelter owner living in isolation on a ranch in rural nevada and dana a fearless ex-military bodyguard wrestling with secrets of her own as their fates collide oh wait read more hold on as their fates collide each woman will find a chance at redemption that she never would have thought possible Mackenzie Bezos taught pros, tough characters, and nuanced insights give this novel a complexity uh, that few thrillers can match. Have we seen the 
thriller on TV or movies yet? <laughs> At least it must some prime original. No, we have not. Anyway, author Mackenzie Bezos. <laughs> Stop it. All right, so she's signed a giving pledge, and good for her. A commitment to donate more than half of her almost $37 billion in assets to charity. I'd like to introduce myself to Mackenzie. My name is Charity. And uh, if you're willing to tell me. Is that your stage me, name? Or yeah. is that, oh, no, okay. that's my okay. name. That's okay. my name, Charity. Oh, your name. You your can name. call me. Look, a lot of people call me Jeffy. But your real name, uh, your legal given name. Legal, legal, okay. Charity. Charity. Yeah. Charity what? So, just Charity. Oh, like Chair? Yeah, it's like Chair Madonna. Oh, okay. okay. You know, that's me, Ch- Charity. And, uh, if you, you know, Mackenzie, look, if you're looking at a place to, you know, drop a few bucks, <laughs> I'm here for you. I mean, I am the charity you're saying you're going to give to. Can you reread what she's going to do? She's, she, she signed a, a pledge to give? She did. She joined the philanthropic uh, effort known as the Giving Pledge in which participants- Yeah, so she's not going to give it. Just to let you know. That means she's not going to give it. No, participants promise to give away more than half their wealth during their lifetime. You know what? Let, let me, or in their will. I'm going to say this, Jeffy. Me and you should do it too. Sign I, the pledge. Sign the pledge. Let's, me and you sign the <laughs> so pledge. So we make it on the list? Make it on the list. Because that pledge, that actually. Uh, you know, we'll do an official announcement and our PR team will, will send it out. Because <laughs> I feel like I, I, she has moved me to also pledge um, we have to do that. We're doing that. That's part of the Chewing the Fat uh, program is going to be signing the giving pledge. There we'll it is. We have to make deal. it like signing giving pledge. We'll give half of our, what is it that we have to give? Half of our what? <laughs> half of our wealth. Half of our wealth. And it'll be either now or when we die. Uh, when, oh, yeah, is it, you have to oh, do when, it when you're alive or, or in your will. Oh, my will. I'll, I'll make sure I tell my will lawyer, um, that's named Will, to put this on the will. Because I mean, we have we have Warren Buffett and Bill Gates has signed. We need other to give. Have signed how much? Zuckerberg how much are they giving? Chan. How much are they giving? Half of their wealth, right? Okay, so I me thought, and you. I thought I think Zuckerberg. I think uh, Buffett and Gates signed the, the pledge saying they were going to do it all, right? Well, that's fine. They could do it all, but between me and you, you give your half. I give my half. That's a whole. Boom. What I like what I like about it is that you know, hey, uh, Jeff praised his ex-wife on Tuesday for her giving pledge commitment. Uh, side note. Um, Jeff Bezos has not signed the giving pledge. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, no way. But Absolutely wh- not. Jeff, okay, I love my wife for that. Good for her. Oh, he uh, said that? Yeah, no, he gave her, uh, he said uh, he was all in love with his wife's uh, giving pledge commitment. Yeah, because it's a fake giving pledge. She's not going to really do it. It's going to be amazing and thoughtful and effective, and I'm proud of her. Their letter is so beautiful. Go get it, Mackenzie. <laughs> That chick is going to bounce so hard. It's so good. I, I, please, Mackenzie, Charity, me. That's me. It just, just write the check to me. You don't have to be half. I mean, you've got, you got, what, 37 billion. You're one of the richest females. I'll take a billion. And just, you know, whatever. Even just a couple million, just to make yourself feel okay, good. Okay, that's fine. Just to make yourself feel good. And then I promise that I will sign the pledge. In fact, I'll sign the pledge prior to you giving me money. Oh, that's a good one. And so that you know that your money is being put to good use. So the money that I make from your money will also be going to the giving pledge and we'll, you know, we'll just pay it forward. It's a good way for you to pay it forward. We're doing that. We are doing that and we are letting her know that we're doing that because I want some money from her. (laughs) And uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, still the richest man in the world, by the way, um, he has not signed it. 
he's all happy. Yeah, let those guys do it. But uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not signing that. You never know how many girlfriends I might have until I die. All right, let's go over to the break room, see what's happening in the break room. I need a drink of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar as it is anyway. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. So, last week, we told you about the story where the United States Postal Service is starting to uh, have their uh, delivery vehicles. Uh, done without drivers. They're going to do it autonomous. They're going to drive. They're, they're going to start doing it from Phoenix to Dallas. And uh, there were several stories printed uh, that uh, were well, not necessarily against it, but like, what are you guys doing? Now, in the story, it talked about the Postal Service saying that they were going to have several people uh, as part of the experiment in the beginning to you know, do the ride-along. But uh, as we're finding out, we are moving fast. I mean, we're seeing stories where robots are delivering things to us uh, on a daily basis. Um, drones are, we've already okayed drones in some cities, and it'll be coming to a city near you soon to deliver things. And our roadways are starting to become um, less safe with robots driving cars. But is it the robot that's less safe, or is it because the humans are still driving? I would almost argue that it's the humans that are causing the problem and not the robots. But that having been said, and no, I don't own stock in Tesla. Um, that having been said, or I should run the Postal Service, though, and we've been down that road before. Uh, Quentin Bogdan, attorney at law. Uh, do you have a, you have your shingle hanging outside the office? Which <laughs> Esquire? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't use the term Esquire, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks for having me on today. You're welcome. Quentin, uh, joining us in the break room today. Quentin, you have a couple of, uh, take us where your thoughts are in the, uh, the autonomous vehicle on the road today, where we're at. I mean, are we, are we already facing huge lawsuits? I mean, you brought up a couple things off the air and I thought, well, is that really what we're talking about? Uh, airbags. Uh, but it is really because these are st- these are systems in our automobiles that are working out of our control, right? That's right, Jeff. Uh, the automation of our automobiles has been going on a lot longer yeah. than most of us realize. We've had anti-lock brakes in the 70s, electronic stability control. Right. It would selectively apply the brakes to your wheels to keep control of your car if you're about to roll yeah. over or driving through water. Automated parallel parking, forward collision avoidance systems. And our cars already are basically miniature computers we've gotten to that point already but now in the last five to ten years we're in the full-blown age of autonomous vehicles what many refer to as avs autonomous vehicles and that age isn't coming here one day it's here now and we've already started to see some crashes of these vehicles and the ntsb and others have done investigations there have been studies of them and we're starting to see certain trends and you're right Uh, A lot of it is the human driver, specifically how the human driver interacts with this new technology. 
it's still an open question whether the designers and manufacturers of these systems are up to the challenge of keeping the human driver vigilant and engaged because today the systems aren't completely autonomous. And so, for instance, in a Tesla, Tesla's position is in the fine print, some stay, would argue. Stay alert. Stay right? alert. Right. It will We're beep here to at, help. It will beep at you. But cynics and critics point out the system is marketed as autopilot. Sure is. And, and, and to be fair, uh, if I were in it, I would think that it is. Uh, you know, it's I, I would I, I want it to be. That's I right. want to push home and not That's worry right. about it anymore. So part of it is human drivers and anybody who sat in a hospital and heard the alarms beeping at the nurses and seeing the nurses walk by them and ignore them knows just because your Tesla or a car is beeping at you, put your hands back on the wheels, doesn't mean that human beings won't start tuning that out as right. white noise. Right. So and that's we, and an we issue. do that every right. We do but that we we know these the crash because they don't always see well and they don't always think well. These autonomous vehicles, they use a series of sensors. They use GPS, which right. some people think that alone can steer these cars. It cannot. No, it's okay. only accurate to within one to two feet. So they need lidar, light waves. They need sonar, sound waves, and they need ultrasound. Um, uh, I, I had that right. Yeah, ultra. So right. All of those things paint a three-dimensional picture for the AV. The problem is if it's raining, uh, the LIDAR, which sends out about a million and a half pulses per second, may not be able to cut through that rain, sleet, or snow. It's also painting the lines in the road. The LIDAR right. is, and if a road's under construction, yeah, you don't how many it. of us have seen roads where the lines weren't yet repainted? Yeah. Those kinds of things throw off the seeing of the systems. As far as the thinking of the systems, they're programmed that early ones were programmed, all the other drivers are going to follow the traffic rules. What could be wrong well, with that's that where, assumption? That, see, that's where my problem is. When I'm talking about human drivers, I'm really not even talking about the lack of, lackadaisicalness of – that's a good word. You can use that again. Uh, the lackadaisicalness of the driver of the AV. I'm talking about me. Driving my driving my car, thinking I'll just get over. They'll wait. And, and, Excellent and making, point. You know, making that move out of nowhere, and you either slam on the brakes, you swerve to the left. Where the AV car doesn't really know what's going on, right? Has no idea. Excellent, excellent point. And that's something that's still in development. So these things are really being beta tested yeah. on our roads. And if your Apple phone's being beta tested and it crashes, <laughs> you lose your phone. You may lose some data, but people don't die. And that's why some, at least, were concerned about. The Postal Service's plan to put, you know, big 18-wheelers yeah. using technology that we're still perfecting. Don't we have – now, let me ask you this. Now, how, how much are you involved in some of the uh, – in the beginning cases of how we're going to utilize this? Because I would think that uh, – you know, my argument to the, to the AVs on the highways would be keep them outside of the cities, right? I mean – the, the highways, that's fine. Let them be on the highways. When they, you know, the warehouses or at least a landing strip zone can be outside of the uh, all these metroplexes, and that's where they stop, human takes over, right? At least for now, right? I, I mean, are we, have any thoughts of that or we just don't care because the profit line says let's deliver it to, uh, to wherever we want to deliver it to? Well, because one of the hardest things, and I'm sorry, I, I, no, one no. of the hardest things that they're struggling with is that, Final delivery, 
Sure. You know, the 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 Postal Service is going to struggle with that uh, that bill that needs to get from uh, from their office to my mailbox. You know, Amazon worries about that last, you know, the iron that I bought coming from their warehouse to my house. That last that last segment is the toughest segment to get to. You hit the nail on the head, Jeff. And and that's why in this test run, for instance, it's a long run. Each round trip's 2,100 miles. It's more than one human driver could do. You'd have to do it with multiple human drivers. And it's an open run from Phoenix to Dallas. Right. It goes through Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. So yeah, I think the thinking times. appears to be we're going to keep this on the highways focused okay, for these long runs. But you raise another point, which is important, is the financial incentive. Trucking yeah. is a 700 billion with a b dollar industry on top of which i'm a fan of truckers and i've talked to truckers many times on this broadcast and on this network and uh i say you know on behalf of them screw these av truckers all right (laughs) that's right and and a third of the trucking industry's costs are drivers and there are shortages of drivers right now so there's a financial incentive and they're making it more and more difficult for the driver to actually be on the road that's right Uh, and i don't think that's any coincidence more regulations more Problems of all kinds for drivers who drive our merchandise and mail around on on our highways and byways. We've got an aging workforce in the trucking industry, difficulty attracting new drivers. So we just need to be sure that profit alone isn't dictating this and that we keep in incentivizations for safety. And I'm a lawyer, so you won't be here. Be surprised to hear me say <laughs> there needs to be legal accountability if, if right. companies take shortcuts and they try to race to the front and they put safety in the back seat instead of in the front seat. So where are we at right now? Where, uh, I mean, we're talking about you're talking about somebody needs to be held accountable. All right, so uh, who's going to insure it? Uh, is there going to be insurance? Are you going to insure the car? Are you insuring the driver? Are you insuring the company? Who's responsible for that automobile? Who's responsible uh, for uh, the delivery of the products? I mean, where are we at right now with that? That's a great question, Jeff. There are legal debates going on right now about whether our existing legal system can handle this new technology. And proponents of not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, if you will, say... Technology has been accommodated by our legal system. We accommodated uh, horseless carriages, airplanes. We can get through this. And we don't need to federalize our whole tort system, the system by which we compensate people who've been wronged. Insurance is a big uh, question. Insurance companies are having emergency meetings right now. What is this going to do to our profit? (laughs) They're not worried about you and I. They're worried about their bottom line. How much is this going to cost? Are we going to see fewer accidents? How much? Uh, how many fewer accidents? What should we charge for this? Should we sell insurance to me, the yeah. driver, to the manufacturers, to the software developers? What do we need to do? All of that's getting worked out right now in real time. And while it's being worked out, we're going to allow them on the roads just to test. That's right. That's States, <laughs> including Texas, have raced to the forefront. Uh, you know, Florida, California, Texas and a few others have been at the forefront of they are welcome on our highways and byways and streets. Uh, Arizona, there was a little bit of a backlash after that Uber, who, which had a human attendant, by the way, ran into the woman who was walking her bicycle across the front of it. The human attendant was scre- streaming video on her cell phone and wasn't watching and right. didn't assume control of that Uber to keep it from killing the woman walking her bicycle in front of it. Sad story, but it's not... <clears throat> 
doesn't have anything to do with Uber, really. No. Uh, and, and proponents of AVs say people die all day, every day yeah. in car crashes because of human error. 90% sure. of car crashes, more than 90%, are caused by human error. So where we're trying to get with this is a new world where yeah. many, many fewer accidents, fewer lives lost, less carnage. And let lives. alone human error. I mean, you can have mechanical error and the, and the whole thing screws up. I mean, we're back to that. We're back to, you know, we're full circle again uh, to what causes it. And we're going to be on the road. So... Um, how much how much money are you raking in on these cases right now? What are you raking in? <laughs> there, Brian, what are you well, doing for me? These cases, there Your have been a you're handful. Building, you're building new studios right now. <laughs> there, there have been a handful of these filed primarily against Tesla. Uh, I have not filed one of the lawsuits involving an autonomous vehicle, but the systems are very similar. Some of the same manufacturers that we see in automobile products litigation that many of us still involved in this. Handled. Yes. yes, and so. Because they all want to be on the flip. They all want a piece of it. I mean, they're, they're not. They're, it's not a mistake that they're billion-dollar companies. No, and and the investments these companies, including Toyota and others, yeah. it's big even for Toyota to do alone. Toyota's joint venturing with other companies. Why? Because the costs are so big yeah, well, to I do mean, this. They, they all are really. I mean, General Motors is doing that, and I know that Ford is. I mean, they're all making that's huge right. strides with other companies trying to. Uh, be on the on the forefront of this and it's i don't know that it's going to get ugly but it, it might get ugly i think so there's definitely a competition we just need to make sure safety doesn't get thrown to the wayside in that competition and we'll leave it at that today and uh, more to come uh, on chewing the fat but we're in the break room and we'll leave it at that we'll let's hold let's air on the side of safety quentin thank you so much for uh, joining us on chewing the fat today i appreciate it thanks jeff we haven't heard the last of this that's for sure You know, and as long as we're still in the break room, I just want to say that if you're listening today, the 28th of May, 2019, it's National Hamburger Day. Um, first, let me ask my executive producer, Chris Cruz, um, when the hamburgers will be here to celebrate National Hamburger Day. In about 30 right minutes. right now on this program, there is not a hamburger to celebrate. 30 minutes. National Hamburger. By the way, thank you for the uh, promotion, yeah, yeah, yeah. executive producer. I like it. When I want something from you, that's what your title is. All right? Don't get used to it. A new study shows a difference in performance between men and women depending on the temperature. Duh. No kidding. As the temp went up in the study, women did better on math and verbal tasks. Men did worse. The increase for women in math and verbal tasks was much larger than the pronounced, what's more pronounced than the decrease. So women were a lot smarter and the men weren't as dumb. So again, I think that proves that men outshine women, but they, that's just me. Now, according to them, they, the study it was really strange too how they studied it because they went from, I mean, really cold, like 61 degrees up to 91 degrees no one's working in 91 degree weather this when this building gets to be above 70 it's too hot i mean you've got lights and everything going crazy i'm sorry uh if you're a female in this building wear a sweater put a blanket on be warm you can always become cooler 
you can't always become warmer. Okay, you can. I'm sorry. You can get warmer. Put a blanket on. Put a sweater on. You're warmer. Okay, you're fine. Everything is good. But if you're overheating, there's no way to cool down quick enough and good enough without you know taking all your clothes off and putting a fan on and you know splashing some cold water around. And nobody really wants that. Nobody really wants that. So according to the studiers, the research said that. Look, it's only, uh, it's not about, it's not about who's better, what's better. It's just that if you care about productivity in your business, the comfort of your workers should be taken into account. And in the long run, it will take, you know, it will affect the bottom line. And he talks about, uh, look, if workers are keeping blankets at their desks or sweating through their shirts, you may consider changing the temperature. Here's my thought. If people are keeping blankets and sweaters at their desk, good. If they have to use them, they can use them. Because we don't want to sweat. No, sweating is, sweating is bad when you're working. I was born sweating. Sweating is bad when you're working. Now, I don't know if I've ever told you this or not, but I lived in Florida for a long time. What? And I know. I know. It's, I don't like to talk about it much, but part i live in tampa bay what i know i lived in tampa bay for a long time i love florida you cross a bridge i love i love florida yeah i crossed all all the bridges there were several bridges did you work i don't know if you know that i mean there's the gandhi bridge and the howard franklin bridge and the courtney campbell bridge and then of course the skyway bridge that's only the only bridges there you know tampa bay (laughs) so anyway this story uh makes me feel like what i didn't know there's a hotel on Clearwater Beach, which is Tampa Bay, called the Amber Tides Motel. The Amber Tides Motel. We have to call this place. We have to call this place because I looked it up. I want to see exactly where it was on Clearwater Beach. And when I bring up the map, it says permanently closed. But they still are advertising. They're still looking. So we just want to call and see if they're open because... Now, this is a good way to get business. Maybe they reopened and now there's a good way to get business. They have an um, they have an orgasm room that every uh, women are dying, and I mean they are struggling to get to the amber tides. I know, I know, an orgasm room at the Amber Tides Motel. Don't even, I mean, I know. There were rumors and there are stories about that that talk about this particular room at the Amber Tides Motel. She said that uh, she went to the room, the lights were on, I could feel the bed starting to tremble, but it wasn't. This is like a penthouse story is really what it is. I started to feel things I've never felt before. It was kind of like I was being softly caressed by a thousand hands. It was like my entire body became so sensitive to the touch. It was like my entire body was being pleased. It was so overwhelming. The Amber Tides Motel on Clearwater Beach. This is a good way to get people to come to your hotel if you're struggling for business. But are they open? We need to call. And it's listed here as a two-star. So, I mean, it's, that's, a, that's above camping. It's an older-style motel. Amber Tides, it's a motel, which, you know, you're not going to have the monster, you know, the monster chain motels that are 20 stories high and more. 
All right. We got to talk the to the The number air. you have dialed is not in service. Oh, the are they done? What are we? Oh, no, hold on. Hold on. We got to talk. Hold on. This might be a different a different number then. So hold on. Never. Two star. Uh, Clearwater Beach Hotels. Amber. Uh, how? This place cannot. We have to reopen this if this is true. If this has got a haunted room, an orgasm room, it's going to be the Chewing the Fat Tides Motel very soon. So I think we've been had. The number is it's not open anymore, and what they're trying to do is raise the price of selling the advertise because it's closed now. Because the link to their website takes me to hotels in Clearwater, hotels.com. The phone number you heard is disconnected, nobody there. So they must be trying to sell the Ambertides. And the only way to sell the Ambertides for good cash is to let people believe that it has the orgasm room. And you can't tear it down on Clearwater Beach. It's a must. I mean, if it's true, it is a must. So over the weekend, you know, the big, long three-day weekend for everybody, and some were even longer than that, uh, there was uh, one trending video, viral video, that I thought, this is really funny. And I don't know if it's real. Again, you know, we just we were just crushed with our Amber's, Amber Hotel, Amber Tides Motel at Clearwater, so we'll just hope that this is actually real. But a woman has recorded her father, knowing God's first name and God's first name is Howard. And I don't know if, if you heard that, can we get a pastor on to confirm this? I think if you just listen to his explanation, we could, but the video that this woman recorded is of uh, her father, who I don't know, could be a pastor, uh, explaining, uh, why God's name is Howard and okay. how he got to it. So oh, Dad. God's name. What is God's name? Howard. How do you know how do you know God's name is Howard? Our Father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. <laughs> I mean I don't think you have to explain any more than that, do you? I don't know his last name. <laughs> is it Wisner? <laughs> So Wisner must be there, Amy. Yeah, we got it. Oh, 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 oh. You can stop this now. It's just as a joke. Is. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't know. <laughs> See, you didn't need to. You didn't need to play the whole thing. How do you know God's name is Howard? Our Father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. <laughs> See, that's all you need. And he didn't know the didn't know the last name. That's all we needed. That's all we needed. I mean. We just do the punchlines here on Chewing the Fat. Lord in heaven, Howard be thy name. <laughs> so good. I still need a pastor to confirm this. Do you know if this man is not a pastor or not? Eh, he looks more like Osama bin Laden. No, no, no. Saddam Hussein when he was younger. He does look similar to Saddam Hussein. Yeah, a little, he's got a little Saddam look. He does. So you can tell that perhaps he doesn't care that much about God. Well, he knows him by his first name. How does he know what his first name is? Lord in heaven, Howard be thy name. I'll, I'll stop now. 